Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Welcome to the AEW Rampage preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of This is Rampage, baby. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Rampage, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, NXT. But oh, for now, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete. A very good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidrich to look ahead to... And it was so much more enjoyable, this preview last week, no offence, because it was Grand Slam, we yeah, had this... Yeah. Great selection of matches. Arguably, Rampage Grand Slam, to some people, was better than Dynamite Grand Slam. And then... They were a compliment to one another, indeed, I would say. yes. Um, and then this week's Dynamite happened. Uh, some people may th- say that we were too hyperbolic with it all, but I, I think, as we've said throughout our time reviewing AW, we always hold it to a higher standard, and any time those standards slip, we are concerned, because if you don't call them out on that... This week's Dynamite happens. And yes, obviously, we give them the caveat with the Hurricane Ian and our thoughts go to everyone affected by that naturally. This show was under in a bit of turmoil. That doesn't excuse some of the booking that happened. And unfortunately, that's bled into AW Rampage as well, of course. Yeah, I, just, I can't be arsed with tonight's show. Very inessential. The lineup looks the usual. Oh, some good wrestling will happen on it. But my God, it just feels... Bleak in that organisation at present. Um, I've just read snippets uh, from this week's Wrestling Observer, and oh my god, it doesn't. Uh, no, 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 not that button, not that button for this week's Observer. Jesus Christ! Like um, Dave does, like a real rundown of um, every advertised, announced, upcoming TV taping and pay per view. And gives details on the advanced gates. And I'm telling you, like, the we go into detail on um, a podcast we dropped yesterday entitled Is AEW's Golden Age Over? I gather um, a lot of you might have already listened to it. And thank you very much if you did. So I won't um, echo too many of those thoughts because that would be boring. But we got further validation from our 
general broad takeaway that, yeah, it's just not the same. It just is not the same. I think that's reflected um, by virtually everyone at What Culture Wrestling. I don't want to speak for everyone, but certainly a lot of people that um, I see and talk to every day about it just feel like the magic just doesn't exist. And this is corroborated with some of these advanced gates. And the worrying thing for AEW is that typically, and this happens so often that you might as well call it a rule, is that there's a instant surge of ticket sales. Yeah. And they struggle and have done virtually every single dynamite taping to really grow that number with like a, a match graphic drop or you know, like they don't really announce how he's definitely going to be there or whatever, just the way they do it. But they never really get a late surge in sales. They fly out or trickle out, and then that's usually it. There have been examples where they have managed to get additional sales. It's not just uh, to get bought in a week and then that's it, but it almost is. And my God, there's a number for a show in, I believe, Newark, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe it's the Wednesday before they do the pape, right. which itself hasn't sold out. Come on, it's an AW pape. You've got to be selling these out. Yeah. And it's three digits. 776 off the top of my head, but it was, I saw, I saw where's, where's the other digit gone? Yeah. There isn't even a one in front of that. That is, Dave Meltzer described it as brutal. And um, I understand the usual thing. They do like the combo package where they have um, every pay-per-view they do. They hold the preceding episodes of Dynamite and Rampage that week in the same area, sometimes even the same building, and they do like combo packages and stuff. But the idea is that the excitement is so high for a pay-per-view, and the pay-per-views are still more often than not like seminal or tremendous. Oh, yeah. That, right, okay, if you've got enough people in the area willing to go to the pay-per-view, let's do the TV there. It mm-hmm. makes sense yeah. on a logistic level. And clearly, these people only want to go to the pay-per-view because they've got no interest in going to the television. 776, that's absolutely wild. Yikes. And there are other... And that is the worst aberration, but a kind of the trend elsewhere, again, is very sobering. They are doing half the numbers that they've done previous times they've hit the same markets. Um, and look, I understand copium. I've done it several <laughs> times yes. just because I've reached, I think, a tipping point of, no, no, I'm going to wait for them to really impress me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. rather than pretend I'm still impressed and all the rest of it. I know these feelings. I know how they go. I've done it before when I've seen a bad dynamite. Um, I understand that you want the thing you like to be good. I get it. I, I have kind of grown out of it, but I get it. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been there. Um, but my God, like I understand people might say, oh, well, they keep hitting the same markets all the time. It's a bad strategic error. They're hitting Seattle for the first time which is a major market in pro wrestling. The Pacific Northwest has got a really rich history um, in the territories and stuff. And more to the point, it's the first time you've gone to a massive market. Yes. And they are not close to selling it out. They've done what I would describe as an impressive number, um, but it's not anywhere close to selling out, which you'd expect it, particularly when they've got Danielson on the roster, when they've got Darby Allen, when they've got Swerve Strickland, who are from and came up yeah. in the Pacific Northwest areas. So it's not as if they don't have hometown guys. It's not as if they've ever been. This tells me, and if you look at some of the audience reactions um, on Dynamite, they're closer to Raw than the Halcyon days of AEW when they would go to a Pittsburgh or they would go to um, somewhere in Texas and it would be like, White hot. Mm. Still love how bathed in noise it was, how brightly lit. It felt like Nitro was back. This kind of feels like 1999 Nitro. I'm not saying that the 
TV product that's anywhere near as calamitous as that. No. I would argue it's way more drab yeah, than that's fair. chaotic and bad. I'm not saying just because, you know, you can't invoke the WCW comparison in good faith. You just can't. It's yeah. a completely different thing. The storylines make sense. Um, but in terms of the feeling and the vibe, it just isn't there. And this show isn't going to correct anything. No. Is it going to is it going to really get people excited about the direction of the product? Is it really going to blow people away in the ring? Is that enough anymore because it's so normalized? Um, I just don't care about so much on this show, and that is like symptomatic of how I feel about the, the the presentation of the company on the whole right now. And it's a bit devastating as well because, like I said, and it's very different. Obviously, it's a grand slam. It's it, you know you can't compare the two. But there felt like a bit of momentum finally for Rampage after last week. Granted, it's two hours again, it's Grand Slam, et cetera, et cetera. But you were like, there you go. Do what you did there. Maybe not to the extreme of tile matches and all these mad, you know, other stips and what have you. But just the need almost to watch it. Like, I avoided all spoilers, mm-hmm. as I always do during the week. But I even avoided them on the weekend because I wanted to watch this yeah. show without finding out about the great Muta showing up or whoever it may be. And and you were like, right, just do that, but condense that down into one hour. And it feels feels like once again they've just gone, ah, chuck really predictable matches on there and a title defense that you know is going to be a defense. Not there's no shot of anyone uh, losing the titles. And I get it; it's the first title defense. We say this often that they how it, whether it's AW, WWE, Impact, don't really matter. Generally, the first title defense you go, well, they're not going to lose it on their first defense. Yeah, um, but it's also inexcusable that with the, the white hotness of, of the acclaimed after their tag title win, and I know down the line, and they've already teased this, obviously, on Dynamite, and Swerve obviously was affected by Hurricane Ian, so he couldn't be there. So it, that's understandable. And yet, it is still not right that they've just gone triple threat. Yeah. Because in storyline, that's dumb. Like I said, if Mark Quinn gets pinned by the Butcher, the acclaimed title reign's over. It's Dumb for it to happen. I hate how the sports-oriented league, and I know that they shied away from doing the really deep level of statistical storyline drivers they were going to do at the start. I'm not naive. I'm not one of these idiots who says, oh, I promised stats. So this probably wouldn't have worked on North American TV. They've instead decided to do this really eclectic, story-driven, episodic product, as it probably should have been all along. But at the same time, you want certain principles in place to differentiate it from WWE and three-way matches and four-way matches and the like. As you said, there's the plot hole of, well, who they really beat? Mm. If, they've beat if Mark Quinn pins the blade and he's a tag team champion, how is that anything remotely approaching those promises made by the Young Bucks at the Double or Nothing press tickets uh, rally of we're going to make it really matter again? It won't matter if he wins the title, but he's not going to because it's fake and it's just to get some people on the card. And worse still, and even worse sin, it's uh, it's an excuse to further <laughs> the AFO Matt Hardy deal. Like, what are they doing with this? At some point, we're probably going to get, and I know they probably need more trios, but just, you know what? So much of this needs a reset. Like there's so much that feels like it's been going on forever. So much so that you're thinking, oh, this is still going on. Mm. That was your sentiment. Exactly. Um, so I understand, yes, they want Matt Hardy and Private Party back together, and then they can do a little feud with Andrade, if you're still, well, he's locked down, more WWE stuff. Um, Andrade and Butcher and the Blade versus Matt Hardy and um, Private Party, and whoever wins that can challenge the trios division. I understand why they're revisiting it, but at the same time, bored. It feels incredibly I'm extremely bored of this. Feels incredibly by the numbers, doesn't it? Like 
I can see the finish already. Obviously, the acclaimed retain, probably because, I don't know, the butcher goes to hit Max Caster, but accident not accidentally, obviously they're in a match together, but plows through Isaiah Cassidy. Butcher's chucked out there. Acclaimed hit their finish. One, two, three. They retire. No, no doubt he's bad for the guys. Obviously, they deserve it. Oh, yeah. They head off celebrating, scissoring left, right, and center. Butcher and the Blade decide to kick the crap out of Private Party. Andrade says, yeah, bollocks. Me and Jose, the assistant, are going to get involved as well. Matt Hardy makes the save. Yep. Or if not that, then they'll be, oh, my God, Tony. Oh, my God, Jim. I think there's tension within the Andrade family office. I wonder if this will get resolved next week. I don't give a f- if it gets resolved next week, to be perfectly honest, it is the most sinfully boring, uninteresting, dragged out, just dire, mm. irrelevant. Uh, you could possibly care. So the acclaimed's first title defense already feels like, by virtue of being on Rampage, is all right, they can have one of those tag team title runs. In fact, all of those tag team title runs have kind of happened this year because those belts have been... Minimized because there's so many belts on this goddamn show. Um, it's it's the acclaimed exist in this match to drive a completely lesser conflict, mm. uh, a, a storyline between two completely lesser acts. And I understand that there's um, a, an inherent problem with the first title defense in a pro wrestling, like yeah. in a proper pro wrestling title reign, where it's like, right, well, you can't really take it seriously. Um, and I know that by the same measure, they had a really good first title defense, which I described as probably the Best first ever title defense with Jericho and Bandito. So I understand there's an inherent flaw, and sometimes wrestling just kind of has to exist in a kind of a boring vacuum um, as it pertains to these sort of, sorts of things. But this just feels like something I could not give less of a toss about if mm. I tried. And Why should I try? Mm. Why should I just enjoy it? Why can't I just be bored of it? What's wrong with being bored? Yeah. Holding, holding to a high standard. I'm just bored of this. Absolutely bored of this. Just uh, Yeah, but I'm going to get more of it because they need trios. Mm. because they mismanaged a really volatile situation that virtually everyone watching pro wrestling could have seen coming a mile away. That's why we're getting this. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. 
there's a weird sort of mirroring uh, on the rest of this card of uh, sort of tropes. And uh, don't get me wrong, when I say beloved babyface loser, I don't mean what bloody loser they are. I mean someone who everyone likes, but everyone kind of knows is probably going to lose. And, and there's two matches where you can argue that applies. I'm talking, of course, John Silver versus Roosh. Roosh probably wins here. And. Jamie Hayter versus Willow Nightingale, where Jamie Hayter probably wins as well. Yeah, I've got problems with the booking of one of these matches, and I would not put Jamie Hayter against Willow Nightingale. I think that's terrible booking. I think Tony Khan has done an even worse job of booking the women's division than he did last week. And how do you bloody manage that? How many times has Jamie Hayter run down and gone, oh, uh, no, I'm still with Britt Baker. Yeah. It feels like that's happened like four times. That's not even the worst of my problems with no. this. But it is a, well, it's a massive problem, Will, when you're right to point it out. My problem here is that <laughs> yes, I understand. Soraya's got the name value. She's got the social media following. My God, if she can't be cleared to work, what an absolute waste of time is. Did you see her tweet? Mm. Hell. It, it honestly feels right, and I think the AEW audience is going to turn on a big time. If they still give a toss, because looking at the ticket sales and the live reactions, it doesn't feel like their hearts are in it that much anymore. If they really give a toss, and I, I really hope they do. I want this to be better. Like I do. I'm good as I sit here. Saraya tweeted something to the effect of, um, oh, they got more than five minutes, which is better for them. And it's true, but at the same time, it scans to me, and I could be grossly misinformed here, and I hope I am, because I think Adam Blair did the actual math, and it was six minutes, nine seconds, yeah. which is very close to five bloody minutes. But I just hate this idea of acknowledging how rubbish it is and then trying to make it better on screen with this WWE savior. That's absolute TNA stink. Plus, also... <laughs> but it scanned to me like she didn't really follow it. Yeah, and, and also... she didn't know. You know, you and I have supported uh, clubs with varied form over the years, I think, at first, say Newcastle United and Chesterfield. I support Newcastle 20%. Yes. And if you know, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's like me saying, Sidge, good result of the weekend. And you go, we lost 4-0. And I go... Yeah, but you lost five 0 the weekend yeah, before. No, it's like, no. well, that's not an improvement. No, it's still, yeah. yeah, I just I disagree personally. But but my problem with this match, realistically, and you know what? Maybe Soraya made a good point. Maybe she had a good point, but shouldn't have made it. Um, it just scanned to me as like it just feels like in 2015, and this company formed in 2019. Like, how is that working? Like, how does that work? It's ridiculous. I understand that the stupid lumberjack match is a stupid match that exists to create this absolutely woefully contrived conflict of I'm a goodie, you're a baddie. You're a goodie, so I'm going to be friends with a fellow goodie. And uh, Penelope Ford and Serena Deeb, well, we're going to be friends with the baddies because we're baddies as well. It's so stupid. This company was built on the elite and the texture of their friendship and their relationship in Shades of Grey and of Cody Rhodes saying there's no such thing as a baby face and a heel anymore. Whether he was right or wrong to say that, at the very least, you don't have it as your primary car character um, attribute or no. characteristic. I'm a goodie. So good, in fact. I'm just going to go with a goodie. It's fucking stupid. I feel like a child watching this. I feel like it's just embarrassing and condescending. And more to the point, Jamie Hayter is clearly the fan's choice. Yes. And just to bring it back around to what I was actually talking about, I'm sorry, these are very meandering rants, but I'm just <laughs> in an unhappy place with this promotion. We're burnt out a bit at the moment, aren't yeah. we, with all this? Like... To circle back to the original point of the AEW fans potentially turning on Soraya is that Jamie Hayter is the one that they've chosen. Mm -hmm. And they've chosen her to beat Britt Baker and then go on to win the title. She is the cult favorite. You should do what your audience says. This is the listening company. That feels like another relic. 
Um, <laughs> she's the one. So what do you do? You book her in a match against someone who's shockingly really over when you've done pretty much damn near nothing to accomplish that yourself. It's because of the sheer force of her act and her personality and her presence and her talent. Willow Nightingale is just organically over in any in any arena she walks into. So what do you do? You put a match between someone who's organically over, someone who's a heel, but people just want to cheer her and get behind her because she's great, and you completely ruin at least one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, not ruin, but you tarnish at least one of them for a week um, by pitting them against each other and splitting the crowd. I understand you want to keep Jamie Hayter heel. Why? Why? She's the fan's choice. They were desperate to see her turn on Britt Baker. And I think Soraya will potentially, because that was a disaster, a disaster. Um, her posts on social media suggest that she's not that up on it or she doesn't care about burying it. Um, I, it's just a mess. It's a mess I can barely articulate. I want to write the second book. I want to write the second book. The second book to what book? The second book, Will Porn. Thank you for bringing this up. To my um, hopefully first of a couple mm. um, AEW books, becoming all elite. The rise of AEW. One hundred and twenty thousand passionate and insightful words about the formation and indeed rise of becoming all elite wrestling. Mm. And you know, I'll write the second book. I just don't know why you would put Jamie Hayter or Willow Nightingale in a position where one of them is probably going to get booed or the fans are going to get confused and you're going to diminish their heat when they've actually got it and they've done now being women. To get them over themselves, mm. really. Hater wins. Oh, assuredly. And uh, in the Roosh-John uh, Silver match? Yeah, Roosh is going to win. But what's this? <laughs> like, what? I understand. This, this, this match, right? Stop being a miserable bastard for f- five seconds. I think this match has got the potential to be really fun. Yes. Um, like, breathless, fast, hard-hitting, a bit dumb, but a bit great at the yeah. same time. Um this is all I presume leads to, leading to rather, some kind of match between the important players in the respective stables. So, Haman Page, probably lose to Mox, have a pay per view match with Andrade. I don't understand why they're fighting. I think it's just this really contrived build to get to, um, to rehab Page, keep him simmering, keep him over against who's a really great upper mid card heel, Andrade. I don't buy the conflict, I'm not emotionally invested in the conflict. Um, and the fact that Andrade doesn't seem to be wanting to be there anymore just completely ruins the investment in the story for me. I hate the idea of people being told, I know you have to still work here, even if you're miserable. Let him go. Mm. Let him bloody go if he doesn't want to be there. Mm. So, yeah, I don't really care about Page versus Andrade. This functions to build to Page versus Andrade. The Dark Order versus... It's just... Nevertheless, John Silver running over Jose the assistant or something will be quite fun in this match. I guess so, Willborn. I guess I'll have fun. Maybe I should just enjoy it. <laughs> also, um, what's going on with Dragon Lee? Because uh, oh, remember, remember they just did that at the end of a, a pay, uh, not pay-per-view, a, a TV dynamite, I think it was, and it was a big eventful thing, and then they went, and kick, Roosh kicks the crap out of his... Yeah. yeah. Dragon, uh, sorry, not Dragon Lee, Roosh wins. Yeah. Uh, Lee Moriarty represent well, sort of representing the firm, I suppose. Technically, he's sort of a hired mercenary, and they work when they need to. And I do like that as a as a tweak to the typical look at this gaggle of bastards. Um, but a, a, again, a straightforward win because yeah, he's facing about, Fuego del Sol. Yeah, about two minutes of that. Yeah. About two minutes of that. I, this is elevation tier stuff. This is elevation tier stuff. I love Moriarty. I think he's got all the talent in the world. Yeah, he's got some great potential. Great to see him on telly. 
Fuego genuinely does really good in squash matches. Like, Moriarty could get him in a hold, and Fuego will sell, sell, sell that. This, like, my mood is affecting my preview of this match, but if we're being absolutely 100% honest with ourselves, this is elevation tier on yep. a show that is struggling to sell tickets quite badly. Things fundamentally need to change within this company, and this is feels more like a hangover of a, of a really... I would love it if this worked as a booking pattern. I really would. I was massively into the slow burn, preserving the big matches for as long as possible. When the storytelling was really interesting, I like this. Now this feels like um, a bug and not a feature, big time. That's the vibe I get from a match like this, from a card like this. Um, but, yeah, we know who the winner is. Um, I don't really care about the story, it's just, it's just there. It's, it's just there. It's only it's there not, to build him to as a title contender. Yeah, which is fair. You know, you've got to do these things, but do I want to see a contender to the ROH pure title on AEW television, or would I just prefer to go back in time to either February 2020 or the summer of 2021? I think I know what I would prefer to do. This is just inessential. No one will remember it in a month. What, what are the priorities of AEW? What you're actually trying to accomplish at this point? Have you spent... I'm in an existential crisis with my my investment in this company at the minute. You're not the only one, mate. Yeah, no. Build, 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 build young talent, young talent, young talent, titles and titles and titles and titles. It just feels like they've missed such a huge opportunity to turn this into a transformative promotion and pro wrestling through a noble failure of trying to get as many talents over as yeah, possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just think they've kind of lost a lot of people with how patient and pointless ultimately a lot of this is. Uh, finally, what's next for Hook? Obviously, teaming with Action Bronson last week, defeating uh, Daddy Magic and Hull, Cool Hand Ange. Um, but aside from that, the Action Bronson stuff to one side, I don't know what's been going on with Hook for the last few months. No. I just pick a prelim mid-card heel to eat in a two-minute <laughs> match. Board, board of Hook. I am bored of Hook. He's amazing. He's class. Um, whenever I actually see him, then yes, I'm into it. But I'm bored of the formula. It's it's like Hook and Jade Cargill. That formula is completely worn out for me. Utterly and utterly worn out. Um, I want to see the guy go 10 to 15 minutes now. Mm. If he's not ready to do that, maybe you shouldn't have put him on TV. Um, I think he can absolutely level up. And I think it'll be amazing when it happens, but I'm ready for that to happen now. I want to see a serious test because he's gone through... Like, really good geeks. Like, 2.0 great geeks. To a lesser extent, Smart Mark Sterling. He's quite an entertaining geek. But Hook versus Geek, that's done. Bored of that. Big fundamental changes kind of need to happen. Let's see some of them for Hook because he's a potential, like, really great attribute to your roster who you should be focused on. And mm. I'm just so bored. It's like previewing metal, jacked velocity, elevation, <laughs> dark. Like, uh wrestling sucks hopefully by next week something will have something's gotta something's gotta give something's gotta give um oh God, did you read the omega and books update in the observer no not yet said that app that haven't heard any they haven't heard anything from the company at all at least as of a few days ago um there is they are on hold because of the pretending pending potential legal action threat and that might not go away for, quote, some time. And there is a second mysterious thing holding them back from returning them on television. Great. That CM Punk's probably gone as well. Great. But, you know, I'm sure they can survive without them. 
Evidently not. <laughs> Evidently not. That is not going to happen. We, we live in hope, though. I don't. Okay. Do you live in hope? Generally. Oh, this is an interesting conversation. That isn't about rampage, which is <laughs> profoundly uninteresting. It's probably, I could probably, you're a glass half full guy. Yeah. Optimistic. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Have you not seen the state of the world in the last three years? I know. I, I, I surprise myself sometimes with my positivity, but ah. Ah. We're, we're <gasps> I'm going to try and manifest something. So fingers crossed it'll, this time next week, it'll all look, well, it will look very different because I won't be here next week, next Friday. I've, I've got a wedding to go to. So, you know. I've had that in my life, and I, I love a wedding. I bloody love a wedding. Yeah. They're great. First ever best man duties for me. Do I still go through your speech? Oh. Never like grammar, just for banter. <laughs> I thought you meant read it on the pod. All right, no. Uh, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. Hey, maybe we'll do that instead of reviewing Rampage. <laughs> I've done a best man speech, and it really is hard. Have you done one before? Not never never one? done it, yeah. My mistake is maybe, you know, didn't go after the casual fan. Okay, right. I did, like, some real deep cuts from the school days with the sole intention of making the groom piss himself laughing. And to his credit, like, about a year after, he says, you know what, every now and then I dig it out of the loft and just piss myself because it was like, but there were certain things where his wife... No happy. <laughs> did no get a laugh from his bride. Uh, and uh, I went a bit niche. There's some nice broad laughs, but mostly I think I went a bit too niche with the with the law of our friendship. Okay. So you're telling me Stack shouldn't make an appearance in the speech? No. Okay, fair enough. Well, let us know your thoughts ahead of Rampage. Someone say my name! Have you ever given a best man speech before, Stacks? What, of course! We all share the duties in the family, even those two of us now in one of those Uh Did it go well? Yeah, do you want to hear a uh, you want to hear a joke? Will you cheer you up? Cheer yeah, you up. yeah, cheer me up. I need cheering up. Okay, uh, let me just uh, think it through. Uh, well, just well, you need to remember the best one. Yeah, just the best. So that's uh, what you need to do. You need to wait, obviously, so your mind recollects the best um, joke that you got the most laughs out of on uh, the wedding day. Okay, uh, you want to hear a line? I said I started by saying, uh, "Ladies and gentlemen, loyal, caring, sincere, honest, a great man." Ha! But enough about me. I'm here to give a speech about the groom. What? Uh, I'll take it on board. Thanks, thanks, thanks. Uh, Percy Sachs, I think that's a bit generic. Have you got anything else? Maybe it's just a joke about a wedding. Uh, okay, jokes about. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, uh, Adam Wilborn's search history, uh, a lot of it starts with jokes about. <laughs> uh, the funniest wedding jokes of all time. What the f- uh, Give me a second, I'm just having a quick, quick okay. thing, don't forget, uh, whilst we're here, let, let's, let's run for the Twitter handles. and. Uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, so you can follow us all. If, if, like, Basically, guys, if I'm being too miserable, miserable about this, do you feel like it's one thing to say... Because it's all very it's all very nuanced, is it? The discourse in wrestling online circles. I'm not saying oh, it's fucking crap now. And I'm not saying that, oh, they haven't done great things across the last, say, eight or ten dynamites because they have. The thing I'm driving at with my just my feelings and the terrifying ticket sales is that the actual magic of this company 
when remember the first match on Dynamite. Remember that mm-hmm. when it was like, oh, what's the opener going to be? Oh, that would be great for the opener because what happens in the Dynamite opener is that you get fifteen minutes of. High-quality TV action, the likes of which you never, ever would have seen, even like four or five years ago. And the crowd is going to go wild for every single move, hold, throw, strike, dive, Mm -hmm. right? And struggle. And it was great. That magic is gone for me. Mm. You can let us all know on the, uh, under the link to the podcast on Twitter, at WhatCultureWWE. Has the magic gone? I'm very interested mm. in this. Um, at Adam Wilborn, to get him in the conversation Please. as well. And you can follow me, at M. Sidgwick. And I think Stax has finally f- thought of the joke. You've I thought got a couple, of it. I got a couple. Right. Good. Well, maybe there'll be uh, crap, actually. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I'm going to say, uh, you're, you're, take this one, uh, Adam. Oh, thanks, Stax. Uh, you could say, uh, guys, it's been an emotional day. Even the wedding cake's in tears. I, I'm not sure. Um, anything <laughs> else? Okay, he uh, said, uh, you hear the one about uh, the two cell phones that got married? Two cell phones. Oh, so you heard about this? I haven't heard about this. Let me tell you. The reception was terrific. I'll give you one more, Stacks. Oh, I wasn't planning on one more. <laughs> I thought you had a list in your head. I, uh, I got a list. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I'll read that one. Can I read that one? Let's have a look at that one. <laughs> what do you reckon to... Uh... No. Okay. I don't know. I might have read that wrong in your head. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <coughs> I mean, I think one, one more joke to... Uh... <laughs> to finish off with. We gotta, we're trying to... Oh, I've done that one already. The reception was terrific. <laughs> Did you hear the one? Oh, Stuxy's got one. About the notebook who married a pencil. A notebook married a pencil. Picture that. She finally found Mr. Right. Did you get much action, Stacks? Not so much. <laughs> Bye, Stacks. So let us know your thoughts on <laughs> Rampage tonight. We got that in the end. Uh, on Twitter, at WhatCultureWE, as Sidge said, what culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Um, and, of course, on there you can find our SmackDown preview, where I think Stax actually might make another appearance. Uh, so it was about... <laughs> I wish he wasn't. Uh, <laughs> I had the buttons on the goddamn thing now. Yeah. <laughs> and also Wrestle Culture coming later with her. Hashtag bloody good quiz, but for now it's been the Rampage Preview. But thanks to Michael Sidrick. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? 
Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.